tight, baby. Side to side, move your head. Watch him now, watch him. Right, remember, he's got two hands, right? Damn, man, what the hell are you doing? This guy will knock you on your ass. Come on, Rock, it's not a game. You want to live in the hospital for five weeks this time? You thought I was tough? This jump will kill you. All right. Come on, come on. Get your head on your shoulders, man. Think about the fight. Think about the fight. Clover Langs in here. He's trying to hurt you, Rock. He's trying to hurt you. Okay, here he comes. Jab. He's jabbing. He's jabbing. He's trying to hurt you. You got to fight him. You got to move. Dude, that is one of my favorite scenes from Rocky III. I've probably seen it over a hundred times. I'm not kidding. And it still gets me a little choked up. You got former champ Apollo Creed. He's in the gym and he's trying to help Rocky prepare for his rematch with Clubber Lang, a merciless fighter who wants to destroy and humiliate Rocky. And Rocky's not training for the fight as he should. He's half-heartedly going through the motions, and it's driving Apollo nuts. He feels like he's completely wasting his time with Rocky. You see, doubt and fear from his defeat by Clubber Lang have gripped Rocky's heart. And that's what's led to this half-hearted, lackadaisical, pathetic effort that he's putting into his training for the upcoming rematch. In this scene, Apollo is in the gym and he's trying to spar with Rocky in the ring. And Apollo asks Rocky, damn man, what the hell are you doing? This guy will knock you on your ass. Come on, Rock. It's not a game. You want to end up in the hospital for five weeks this time? You thought I was tough? This chump will kill you. Come on. Get your head on your shoulders, man. Think about the fight. Think about the fight. Clubber Lang is trying to hurt you, Rock. He's trying to hurt you. Here he comes. He's jabbing, jabbing, jabbing. He's trying to hurt you. You got to fight him. You got to move. He's hooking. He's hooking. He's hooking. There's nothing from Rocky. Apollo yells, Damn, Rock! Come on! What's the matter with you? And then Rocky responds, Tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. In other words, tomorrow I'll get serious about training. Tomorrow I'll get serious about preparing myself for this fight. Tomorrow, I'll go hard. Tomorrow, I'll get disciplined like I need to be. I know that word all too well, my brothers. Tomorrow. One of the most subtle and effective words the enemy uses to keep Christian men from being who they need to be and doing what they need to do is the simple word, tomorrow. Start tomorrow. You can get to that tomorrow. One more time is not going to matter. Tomorrow, you can get serious about sobriety or fitness or tackling that debt you've accumulated or that unresolved problem with your wife or your kids or your staff or your church. Handle it tomorrow. 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 The enemy has whispered it to you too. You know I'm right. But I love Apollo's passionate response to Rocky. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. It's so good. It's so true. 
so biblical, so practical, is so needed. Listen, my brothers, we are not promised tomorrow. All we have is right here, right now. This moment, the present, that's all you've got right here, right now. There is no tomorrow. So what kind of man are you going to be? Why are you choosing to remain in your comfort zone? Why are you not disciplining yourself to be the best man that you can be for God, for yourself, for your wife, for your kids, for your grandkids, for your friends, for your ministry, for this jacked up world? Why are you half-heartedly going through the motions as a follower of Christ? Why are you not all in to let him chisel you into the man that he wants you to be physically, mentally, spiritually? Why are you so in love with your couch, the remote, scrolling social media for hours, masturbating to porn, eating and drinking unhealthy junk? Why? What's the matter with you? There is no tomorrow. So here we go. You're listening to The Grizz Podcast. Our mission is to guide, encourage, and equip you on your journey with Christ. It's time for you to rise up, honor God, and live manly. Now here's our host, Jason George. Get him, Jay. Yo, yo, what is going down on my brothers from other mothers? Thanks so much for taking time to tune in, listen to The Grizz. Today is Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. And as usual, coming at you from the low country of South Carolina here in The Grizz Cave. Everything is covered in yellow. It is pollen season down south. I hate it. Uh, Just popped an allergy pill. But I'm excited. Dude, my son... Is coming home for spring break this Friday. Looking forward to spending some time with him. Plan to have some guys over on Saturday night to watch the uh, John Jones fight, make his return to the Octagon. Big fight night at our house. Also plan to do some inshore fishing with my son and a few buddies and uh, hopefully hook into some reds and some flounder. We shall see. Either one would be awesome. And speaking of Rocky... This weekend, the new movie Creed 3 hits theaters, so I'll be there for that as well with my son. You know what I'm saying? Carpe diem, my brothers. Carpe diem. Seize the day for tomorrow we die. Anyway, let's get right to it, man. Let's rip into the meat of this week's episode. So recently, back on episode 214, I talked to you guys about the importance of pursuing the strenuous life. I take that phrase from Teddy Roosevelt, pursue the strenuous life. I told you that, unfortunately, most men don't pursue the strenuous life. Most men pursue whatever makes them feel good. Comfort and pleasure have become their God. They're addicted to their couch. They don't like to be pushed outside of their comfort zone. But that comfort zone is ruining their life. It contributes to problems like obesity, heart disease, cancers, diabetes, depression, anxiety, self-loathing, addiction. And God is teaching me that if we are to be changed men, better men, strong, fit, healthy, godly men who impact this jacked up world, 
then we must be disciplined men. We must pursue the strenuous life, not a life of ease and comfort. So many men run from discipline, but discipline is what brings freedom, growth, transformation, healing, and impact. To run from discipline is to embrace defeat, failure, decay, addiction, a wasted life. You have to choose. What do you want? What kind of man do you want to be? In 1 Timothy, the Apostle Paul told young Pastor Timothy to discipline himself for the purpose of godliness. In other words, listen to me. To become a godly man, a Christ-like man, a healthy man, a man of impact, you must become a disciplined man. You must pursue the strenuous life. There's no way around this. There are no shortcuts. There are no hacks. God will not miraculously zap you into a godly man. You must partner with him in this beautiful thing that the Bible calls sanctification. God will do his part as you do yours. And what is your part? 1 Timothy 4, 7. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. In other words, cultivate self-discipline to be a changed man, a better man, strong man, fit, healthy, godly, who impacts this jacked up world. We must be disciplined men. We must cultivate self-discipline. That means every single day, you must get out of your comfort zone. You must get comfortable doing uncomfortable things, physically, mentally, spiritually. Yes, in all of those areas, because discipline in one area of your life contributes to the other areas. That's how it works, my brothers. The reverse is also true. Undisciplined, lazy, sloppy living in one area of your life, it spreads like cancer to the other areas. Your physical body is spiritual. It's the temple where God's spirit resides. How's that temple looking? How's that temple functioning? Becoming a godly disciplined man must include physical, mental, spiritual, financial, every part of your life. God wants to transform the whole of you, not just part of you, because every part of you is spiritual. Every part of your life matters to God, and therefore it should matter to you. Back to 1 Timothy 4, verse 7. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. That English word discipline, or your translation may say train, or I may use the word exercise. That word in Paul's original letter that was written in Greek, that word is gymnazo. And that word is significant because it tells us what we're in for. If we want to become change men, better men, strong men, fit, healthy, godly men who impact this jacked up world. Gymnazo is where we get our English word gymnasium or gym. That right there tells you something about that word. The word was used in the first century to describe hard, painful, self-sacrificing exercise that an athlete intentionally put himself through in order to become the victor in an athletic competition. The word is also a present tense active verb. That means that the command to discipline yourself is something that you do right now. And you keep doing it. Did you catch that? Do you get what I'm saying here? That word, if it is a present tense, continual action verb, it's something you do right now and you keep doing. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Gymnazo yourself for the purpose of godliness. Gymnazo 
to become change men, better men, strong men, fit, healthy, godly men who impact this jacked up world. Do it right now and keep doing it. Intentionally put yourself through hard, painful, self-sacrificing disciplines in order to be victorious in life, in marriage, in parenting, in health, in fitness, in evangelism, ministry, business, finances, etc. There is no victory, success without self-discipline, without gymnazo. Why are so many Christian men weak, cowardly, soft, addicted, ungodly, ineffective at impacting this jacked up world? Why are their marriages and families falling apart? Because they choose to remain in their comfort zones, period. There is no gymnazo. Woe is me. You don't know what's been done to me. You don't know what I'm dealing with. Newsflash. You're not a victim. It's no one else's fault. The past is over. The problem is you. The problem is the choices you are making to embrace temporary comfort and pleasure over hard, painful, self-sacrificing discipline. Jomnazo. Christian men remain weak, cowardly, addicted, ungodly, and ineffective at impacting this jacked up world because they do not pursue the strenuous life. They won't work at cultivating self-discipline. They won't embrace gymnazo. We are living in a time and in a society where many in the population, they don't want to work. They don't want to work at all. They just want government checks. They want handouts. They want their student loans paid off by someone else who is working. They want reparations for something that never even happened to them. They want to continue to work at home and not go into the office. Employees at Amazon and Starbucks are freaking out over the fact that they have to go back into the office for part of their work week. It's pathetic. The pandemic is over. Lockdowns and shutdowns and government checks have caused far more harm than good. You be different. Be a man. Get up, get to work, and work hard. That's the trail that leads to reward, success, satisfaction, impact. Have you ever noticed the metaphors that the Apostle Paul uses in his letters to describe the Christian life? He never uses anything that is comfortable or easy. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he always compares the Christian life to strenuous things. Let me show you five of them. Number one, he compares the Christian life to warfare. He told Timothy to endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 2.3. Then in Ephesians 6, he tells believers to put on the full armor of God. Newsflash, there's nothing comfortable or easy about warfare. This is one of the metaphors that the Apostle Paul uses to describe how the Christian life is supposed to be. Number two, he compares the Christian life to boxing. That's right, boxing. In 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27, he says, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. There's no comfortable or easy metaphor here. It's boxing. He's not describing an evening stroll on the beach with the margarita in your hand, watching the sun go down as you listen to Bob Marley. Number three. He compares the Christian life to being a a slave, a slave or a bondservant of Christ. That's how Paul introduces himself in most of his letters. Paul, a slave of Christ, or Paul, a bondservant of Christ. Again, the metaphor doesn't describe anything comfortable or easy. It describes something hard, difficult, strenuous, 
Number four, he compares the Christian life to an endurance race. In 1 Corinthians 9.24, he writes, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. In Galatians 5.7, he tells the Galatian believers that spiritually, you were running well. Who hindered you? In Philippians 2.6, he questions the Philippian believers. Um, he questions himself regarding his work with them. Have I run in vain? Then in Hebrews 12.1, which I think Paul wrote, but it can be debated, he writes, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance. See, it's an endurance race. It's not a sprint. The race that is set before us. Again, the metaphor of an endurance race describes something hard, difficult, strenuous. Number five, he compares the Christian life to farming. And as I'm sure you know, Farming back in the first century is a whole lot different than it is today with modern day tools, equipment, machinery. Farming was hard, it was difficult, it was strenuous, backbreaking work. In 2 Timothy 2 6, he writes, It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. In Galatians 6 9, he writes, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest. If we do not give up, he's comparing the Christian life to farming. I wanted you to see the metaphors that Paul uses in his letters to describe the Christian life. Think about that, man. Warfare, boxing, slave, endurance racing, farming. As I pointed out, none of those things are easy or comfortable. All of them are strenuous. All of them require an extreme amount of self-discipline. Now, let me ask you a sobering question. What metaphor would best describe your Christian life? Would it be warfare, boxing, slave, long-distance endurance racing? Farming? Or would it be Disneyland? Would it be the evening stroll on the beach with the margarita in your hand, watching the sunset while you listen to Bob Marley? Would it be zombie couch potato, binging Netflix and scrolling social media on your phone night after night? Look, guys. I'm not saying that every moment of every day of your Christian life needs to be hard, difficult, strenuous, agonizing, painful. I'm not saying that. That's not how Paul and the other apostles lived. They most definitely enjoyed some time for good pleasures, rest, relaxation, self-care, refreshing, Sabbath, recovery, if you don't, man, you break. Paul said that in 1 Timothy 1.16, May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. Then at the end of Philippians, he thanks the Philippian believers for the gifts that they gave to him to make his life better, to make his life more enjoyable. He said, I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Paul and the apostles most definitely enjoyed some time for good pleasure, rest, relaxation, self-care, refreshing, Sabbath, recovery. I'm not saying that every moment of every day of your Christian life needs to be hard, difficult, strenuous, agonizing, painful. The main point I'm getting at is that if we, if we are to be changed men, better men, strong, fit, healthy, godly men, 
who impact this jacked up world for good, for good, then we must pursue the strenuous life. We must be cultivating self-discipline. We are not to pursue a life of ease, comfort, and whatever feels good. Times of ease, comfort, good pleasures, good pleasures should be the reward after our hard work is done. So many men run from discipline. They avoid it like it's a plague, man. Like it's going to make their life worse. But discipline is the thing that brings freedom, growth, transformation, healing, impact, success to our lives. To avoid discipline is to embrace defeat, failure, sickness, disease, anxiety, depression, addiction, a wasted life. You have to choose. What do you want? What kind of man do you want to be? God has been on me about this in my own life. That's where all this is ultimately coming from. I've made some positive changes, but I'm still not as disciplined as I need to be. I admit the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know what I'm saying? Like the old hymn, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love. I'm working to discipline myself more and more. I'm working to obey 1 Corinthians 9, 27, where it says, I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. I'm working to obey 1 Timothy 4, 7. Jumnazo myself for the purpose of godliness. Because I realize that if I do not master myself, then someone or something else will. And I don't want that. I've been there, done that. I have the scars to prove it. It's caused damage. But really listen to what I'm about to say next. This is super important. I do not go about the business of disciplining myself on my own. I can't do it on my own. As a child of God, I have the benefit of calling down the grace, strength, and guidance of God to help me. Just as I needed God to justify me, I need God to also do the work of sanctifying me, of growing me into Christ-likeness. Salvation, particularly the aspect of justification, is totally 120% accomplished by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. I've contributed nothing to it other than my sin that needs the justifying. However, this aspect of salvation known as sanctification, this work of change, of growth, of transformation, this is a work that I must take a continual active part in. I cannot sit back and say I'm just going to let go and let God. Not when it comes to sanctification. That would be unbiblical, sinful, foolish, lazy, But I also recognize that I cannot accomplish sanctification of my own self-discipline alone. I need God's help. I need his grace. I need his strength. I need his guidance. And I pray for that constantly. And then I get up and do the work. I gymnazo myself. I must be strict on myself. For many years, I was not strict on myself. I lacked self-discipline and self-control. I allowed myself to become too comfortable, soft, weak, self-indulgent, entitled, etc. 
but I've been working to change that, to kill that. You know, to indulge in earthly pleasures, comfort, it feels good for the moment, but it won't lead me to where I want to go. It won't transform me into the man I want to be. When a man controls his life, when he controls his physical needs and desires, when he controls his sinful flesh, when he controls those things, that man elevates himself. And no one is going to do this work for me. No one's going to do it for you either. I have to be my own manager. I have to be the captain of my own ship. I'm responsible for my own conditioning, growth, development. And that means I have to constantly monitor my input and my output. Physical, mental, and spiritual input, output. I have to monitor it constantly. I must be harder on myself than any other person would be on me. The disciplined life is the best life. It is the way of Christ. It is the way of the Apostle Paul. It is the narrow trail. And it leads to rewards. My body must not be in charge of me. My sinful desires must not be in charge of me. The enemy must not be in charge of me. A substance must not be in charge of me. I must be in charge of my body, my mind, my will, my actions, my words, my food choices, my media choices, my finances, my spending, my saving, my investing, my giving. I am under the Lordship of Christ and all those things are under me. Body, mind, will, action, words, etc. This is who I am. This is who I will become. You can do the same. It starts right now. Today. There is no tomorrow. If you do begin doing this work, if you begin cultivating this, it'll separate you from the majority of men. Even the majority of those who call themselves Christian men. Don't you want that? I want that. I want to be different. I don't want to be status quo, mediocre, normal, mainstream. You know why I don't want that? Because I know deep down that my heavenly father doesn't want that for me. And he doesn't want that for you either. God desires us to have more than forgiveness of our sins and eternal life in heaven. He desires us to change, grow, transform, impact, flourish. The cross of Christ and the resurrection of Christ were for that too. Not just forgiveness, not just for eternal life. The cross of Christ and the resurrection of Christ were also for you to change, grow, transform, impact, flourish. But the trail is narrow and difficult to get there. Few climb it. I will be one of them. What about you? You have to choose. What do you want? What kind of man do you want to be? It starts today. There is no tomorrow. I want to wrap up by sharing some uh, disciplines that I've implemented in my life to help me become a change man, a better man, strong, fit, healthy, godly man who impacts this jacked up world. But I need to first say this. Do I do all of these disciplines perfectly? 
No. I have bad days. I get distracted. I slack off sometimes. Sometimes I'm just freaking lazy. And do do you need to do everything that I do? No. Listen, you have to figure out what you need to do to get yourself where you need to be. It's not about perfection. It's about progress. You're not in competition with me. I'm not in competition with you. You're in competition with yourself and the enemy. You've got to figure out what daily and weekly disciplines that you need to implement in your own life. When you figure those out, you type them up. You print them out. You hang them up to see and review them daily, daily. And then you go after it. Because there is no tomorrow, man. There is no tomorrow. All you've got is today. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? So let me grab a sip of my coffee here. Here are some disciplines that I've implemented in my life. Some of them I've been doing for years. Some of them are new, ones I'm cultivating. I will tell you which ones I'm struggling with. But because I'm struggling with them doesn't mean I'm going to quit. I'm not a quitter. I used to be a quitter. I used to quit when things got hard. And you know what happened when I did that? I kept losing. My first year of wrestling in high school, ninth grade, I was coming off a car accident. Drunk driver hit me on my bike. My leg had been broken in half, been in a cast for over six months. Didn't have all my leg strength back. I was cleared to wrestle because the bone was healed, but advised not to because I wouldn't have my leg strength. I did it anyway. I couldn't even do the running in practice. I I limped along because the leg strength was just not there. I kept going. And I was losing matches. Uh, I I just, I didn't have the strength. But something happened. Losing becomes a habit. Losing becomes a mentality. Things would start getting hard in a match, and I would just think, well, I'm going to lose again. And I would give up. I wouldn't fight through. And then when the season was over, I just had a horrible losing record. I thought about just giving up, never wrestling again. All those voices in my head. I suck at this. I'm a failure. I remember my older brother who I lived with through high school. He was my legal guardian. I didn't have a mom or dad that I live with. Um, He told me, you got a choice to make. What are you going to do? Is that what you want to be remembered for at your high school? Or do you want to work hard, fight through, discipline yourself, get stronger, hit the weights, get on a good, healthy eating program, build muscle, go to wrestling camps, go to wrestling clinics, open mat time. What do you want to do, Jason? He said, I know what I want you to do, but what do you want to do? It was one of the most meaningful conversations I've ever had with my brother. And I made the choice. I made the choice not to quit. And start working hard. And it was little things. I had to get some coaching, some guidance to really start winning in my mental game. I began to cultivate a habit that even if I go for a run, I'll set a goal. I do it to this day. I will tell myself what I'm going to run, either the time limit or the amount. 
I don't run that much. So now it's more like elliptical or if I'm on a row machine or whatever, sometimes I'll do the assault bike, which man, that thing's brutal. That thing kicks my butt. I had no idea. I'm new to the assault bike guys, but, uh, I would set a goal. So say I would be in my neighborhood at the end of my ninth grade after wrestling season that summer. I said, man, I'm going to go all the way to the stop sign at the front of the neighborhood by the 7-Eleven. I will not stop running until that stop sign. So what would happen in my past is I'd probably get like 200 yards from the stop sign, huffing and puffing, feeling like you're going to throw up, whatever. And then I would just justify it, make an excuse. Well, at least I'm working out. I'll, I'll finish by walking. I learned don't do that. You finish. You never give up. And so I'd go to the stop sign. And I've learned to do the same with everything now. Like you finish, you don't, you don't quit. Whether it's physical workouts or it's, you know, I'm going to drop a new podcast episode every week. If something happens and on my day to study and write and prepare, I'm overwhelmed. There were some meetings or unexpected or I had to deal with this. Then it means you stay up late or you get up earlier the next day. It means you cancel your TV time, your social media scrolling time, and you get it done. You don't quit. You go after it. I had to cultivate that. I had to make myself into that kind of man. I'm still making myself into that kind of man. I came back the next season, made varsity on my wrestling team, and had a winning record. I won more matches than I lost, which was a big deal for me, coming off a season where I lost basically every match. My coach gave me a trophy at the awards banquet that said the most improved wrestler. He joked and said he didn't have far to go. (laughs) He could have won one match. But my coach was proud of me. My team was. My team applauded. And I wasn't just on the team. They knew I contributed to the team. I wasn't the best wrestler on the team by any means. But I guess the best, best thing was I beat me. I don't remember the names of any of the guys I beat that season, whether it was in a dual meet or a tournament. But I remember the main person I beat. I beat Jason George, the old me. I beat him. I pinned him. That's what matters, man. I go after it now. I discipline myself. So here are some of my disciplines now. That was a little rabbit trail. I didn't plan on, but hopefully it, it helps you. It motivates you. It encourages you lights a fire under you. Number one discipline. I've talked about it before. Attack the dawn, attack the dawn. When the sun is coming up, get up early. I get up early and I do my morning routine. What's my morning routine look like? I let the dog out. I feed the dog. I make sure he's got water and I get the coffee going. You know what I'm saying? I need my coffee. And then I go in the Grizz cave, my office, and I have some time with God and that can look different. Sometimes I might just be praying, meditating, maybe listen to some worship. Sometimes I'm just reading the word, studying journaling. I'll check in with my accountability partner through text message every single morning. It's part of my morning routine. It's a discipline. I review my, my plan, what I call my climbing plan. I review my disciplines. I review my goals. I review my motivation. Why am I doing this? Why? Why do I put myself through this? Why have I separated myself from certain things, cut off certain things out of my life, Why am I avoiding certain things? Why am I embracing certain things that really in the moment freaking suck? Why? So I read my motivation. 
Another discipline is beginning of the day, I just plan my day. A lot of it's already been planned earlier in the week, but I'll just look at it in my planner, my journal. Everything I do gets written down, everything. My journal, my planner never leaves me, goes with me everywhere. You know why? Because I am so done wasting my time here on earth. I am so done. I've got to be really intentional. What am I going to do today? What needs to be accomplished? Do I accomplish everything on the list every single day, every single week? No, I don't. But I'm accomplishing far more than I would if there was no journal planner list. Number three, discipline, daily discipline. I go make my bed. I make my bed. It's really important. Number four, at least five days per week, I write or I'm editing my writing for a minimum of two hours per day, at least five days a week. I have to. If I'm going to do what I do, if I'm going to get better at what I do, two hours per day, I write or I edit. And some of it I may never even use. Some of it I may, this has happened before, I just crumble it up. I'm like, it's that, that's stupid, that sucks. You, that, no, doesn't matter. It's still doing what it's supposed to do. It's refining me. I'm working through a whole lot, trying to figure out what's good for me, what's good that could help others. Number five, I read or listen to good books, articles, or a podcast for a minimum of one hour per day, at least five days a week. So at least five days a week for at least one hour, I'm either reading or I'm listening to a book or I'm reading an article or articles or I'm listening to a good podcast for a minimum of one hour per day, five days a week. I have to do that. I have to keep good stuff flowing in to be able to have good stuff flowing out. Number six, I exercise physically for a minimum of 30 minutes per day, minimum five days per week. I shoot for six days per week, but a minimum of 30 minutes. Typically, I have 45 minutes to hour workouts. Yesterday, I, I just didn't have the time I wanted. I was finishing up some work. I had to go to a business meeting with my wife on a financial meeting with a financial planner. And um, I just looked and I'm like, I got to leave here in 45 minutes. I've yet to get a workout in. I know that once I get home this evening after dinner, I'm not going to work out. And I just knew I'm like, I'm not going to want to do it. It's going to be harder. I turned on my TV. I went to YouTube on my smart TV. And I pulled up Jordan Yao, Jordan Yao, Y-E-O-H, Jordan Yao. Look him up. Asian guy, does some incredible workouts on YouTube. They're free. And I found one that was like, this is 30 minutes. And I went and grabbed my workout shorts, put my shoot, my athletic shoes on, T-shirt. And I was like, let's do it. And I was like, what are you doing? We're about to leave. I'm like, I'll be ready in 30 minutes. I'm like, just I'll be ready or I'll meet you there. Just go without me. I've got to get this in. And I got it in. Discipline. I was done, man. I was sweating. I was huffing and puffing. He had me at one point, man. I was like, where's the trash can? I'm going to spew right now. You should check him out. You can find level one workouts that are easier. That can start you at 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and you can go all the way up to level five. Number seven, discipline. Eat clean, eat healthy, eat organic as much as possible. I avoid gluten. I have very little dairy. Like I might, you know, nab a little piece of cheese, but I have very little dairy, very little sugar, very low carb. I'm now trying to avoid all fried food, vegetable oils, canola oils, potato chips, tortilla chips, because they're all soaked in oils. Sauces, they, they're, they're made with oils. They mess me up. They mess me up. They not only put fat on me, which I don't need more of, they're messing up my gut. I, my gut hurts when I take them in. 
Another discipline, number eight, is I take vitamins and supplements two times a day. Number nine, this is a new one, and this one's been hard for me to develop. I'm working at it. I'm getting better at it. I'm better at it the last two weeks than I was last month. I do a 16-hour fast five days per week, 16-hour fast. So like last night, I I try to finish eating by 5 p.m., but last night I couldn't eat because of our meeting until I finished at 6 p.m. So that meant I couldn't eat again until 10 a.m. That's the 16-hour fast, intermittent fasting. So it's just liquids like water, black coffee, that's it. But it helps me lose fat because after my body, you know, sucks up everything from that last meal I ate, it all of a sudden will start going to fat stores and start burning that. That's what I want. It also helps with my digestion. My Lyme disease and other infections have caused me major gut issues over the last few years. I've been to the ER more than once over it. It's seriously been that bad at times. But this discipline has been hard for me because I like to snack and eat at night if I'm reading or watching something with my wife. Number 10 discipline, help keep the house clean, help keep the house clean. My wife shouldn't have to do it all. She works full time. She runs a booming company with multiple employees. She comes home tired. So as much as I can, I've got to help out. She does a lot too. Number 11, discipline. Go to church weekly. Number 12, attend a recovery group weekly. Number 13, lead support recovery growth groups for Christian men weekly. I call them, talked about them, climb teams. I lead those weekly. It's a discipline. I just do it. I don't cancel. I don't say I can't make it this week. Someone else is going to lead it. I show up and I keep in contact with those guys throughout the week. It's a discipline. I do it even when I don't feel like doing it. Another discipline is I drop one solid, helpful podcast episode every single week. You guys that have been listening for, you know, years now, you see that because there was times where it was like, well, we haven't got a Grizz episode for three weeks. Hope he's okay. And I just said, no, that's, that's it. So I'm not doing that anymore. It's one good solid episode per week, minimum. Sometimes I drop two per week. I send out one solid helpful email to the Grizz tribe weekly. It's an email that guys subscribe to. It's free. I'm not trying to sell anything. Just got some helpful content, links, resources in there for guys. I put that together every week. It's a discipline. Every week, I also send out one solid, helpful email to all the guys in the climb team. It's a separate one, but that's what they get. It's part of being in the climb team. It's part of what they subscribe to. Every week, another discipline is I do some sort of date with my wife at least once per week, and it doesn't have to cost money, but away from everyone else, no kids, maybe a walk, a bike ride in the neighborhood playing some checkers, having some coffee talk. She needs that. I need that. My kids need us to do that. It's good for our kids. Number 19, attend all my daughter's soccer games. My daughter's a junior. She's got two years left of playing high school soccer. I'm doing my dad level best to be at every game. I got to be at one. uh, See, today's third. Yep. Tonight, I was at um, a tournament this past weekend in Columbia with her. Another discipline is I check on my kids at least every other day. Two of them are away at college. One's working on her master's and my son is at his undergrad at Pitt. I just check on them, either call them, text message, FaceTime, yo, what's up? And sometimes it's like, yo, dad, I'm busy. Dad, I can't talk right now. I'm like, okay, just checking on you. Love you. Proud of you. Another one is I meet with at least three guys per week. I get, uh, I can easily be uh, a, a recluse. I can easily, you know, be super introverted and be in my office and getting work done. But I make myself go meet with guys at least three per week either in person, Zoom, 
phone calls, whatever. But I need to meet and talk with guys, not just helping them, but that helps me. Number 22, discipline. As I don't just make money and pay bills, I did that for decades. I manage my money. It's a discipline. I track my money. I look at my bank account. I know where my money's going. When I see something sucked out of it that I'm like, yo, that was not supposed to happen. You know, I contact <laughs> the company or whatever. I manage and I track my money. My spending, my saving, my investing, my giving. I'm avoiding debt. That's a discipline. I live within my means. I try to live simple. I try to live content. It's a discipline. Hey, listen, guys, there's, there's some things if I wanted to, I could go buy right now. I could have. One of them could be a new truck if I wanted to. I can go get another truck, make, make a payment. I could do it. My 2016 F-150, she runs really good right now. She's got 140,000 miles. She still goes into four-wheel drive. She gets me from point A to point B. She's got some dings on her, you know, for sure. Scratches, a little piece of the bumper's missing. So what? I'll stop there. You get the point. You see what I'm working to do to become a godly man who is self-controlled, strong, fit, wise, productive, growing, impacting, flourishing. As I said earlier, Do I do all these disciplines perfectly? No. I have bad days. I get distracted. I slack off sometimes. But I get right back at it. And I continually pray for God to help me with all of this. I need him. I need godly brothers in my life to help me with these things. I need their influence, their connection, their support, accountability, Pursue the strenuous life, my brothers. Cultivate self-discipline. Gymnazo yourself. Do something today. Begin implementing small changes today. Don't start with a one-hour workout exercise. Start with 15 minutes. Don't start with trying to read for two hours per day. Start with just trying to read five pages per day, just five pages in a book. That's it. Develop small habits and build off of them, grow them, strengthen them. There is no tomorrow. couple closing items of Grizz Biz. If this show is a blessing to you, then be a blessing back to our nonprofit ministry by becoming a monthly supporter for as little as $10 or $20 per month. It's a big deal, man. It really does help. Or you can make a one-time donation. Don't just be a consumer. Be a contributor. Partner with us in what we're doing to ignite and equip men to honor God, live manly. Go to our nonprofit ministry website, narrowtrail.com, narrowtrail.com. Click on our give page and you can easily set that up. It is safe, secure, easy, can cancel at any time. Also, if you would like to contact me, there are links in the show notes. I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, If you're struggling with sexual temptation, uh, do you need a good, solid weekly support accountability group? Check out our CLIMB teams. They meet online via Zoom. I lead all of them. The membership is just $40 per month, and I promise it is well worth it for what you get. You can learn more at our website, uh, narrowtrail.com. Click on the CLIMB teams page. There's a link in the show notes. Also, don't forget about Covenant Eyes. If you're struggling online, get yourself protected. Your phone, your devices, your kids' devices, When you're at checkout, after you sign up, use the promo code GRIZZIN, G-R-I-Z-Z-I-N, GRIZZIN. You get the first month free. Sign up for the weekly email I send out, The Growl. The Growl, that's right. You can do that at our website too, narrowtrail.com on the homepage. 
and then join our closed Facebook group. It's called the Grizz Tribe. There's a link in the show notes, the Grizz Tribe. Great place to meet other like-minded brothers who are fighting the fight just like you are. All right, guys, I am out.